a bit about crypto. I'm David James, the Job Whisperer, and I've got my co-host with me, Dave Hampton. Say something, Dave. Hello. Yeah. And uh, so here at the uh, Bit About Crypto podcast, we talk all things blockchain, all things <coughs> crypto as they relate to the uh, the impending and inevitable, if not right now, job market and how things are changing. And as you Listeners who are following us, and thank you all for the nice compliments that you've given us so far. <clears throat> and uh, so uh, the purpose of this, this podcast is to bring people who have lots of experiences or visions as it relates to cryptocurrency and, um, and how it's changing the world and possibly how it's changed their lives. And uh, I consider myself privileged to actually have the guest that I'm having on now. <clears throat> and... Um, from what I understand of, uh, of his story, uh, cryptocurrency was transformative for him in his life. And his name is Xander Neff. And just so you know, before you get on there, Xander, you can find him. There it is. It's Xander.fit. Okay. And he's a beast of a man. And Xander, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. It's very humbling to be on here, especially talking about crypto. Yeah. So before we talk about crypto... <clears throat> Um, and before I get into you, why don't, why don't you tell me, um, how old you were when you first heard about Bitcoin? Uh, so it was right after I first moved to Vegas about three or four years ago. So I'm 27 now. I got into Bitcoin at 24, just okay, three so, years ago. So post 17 or pre 17? I'm talking about the, the crash. Oh, it was definitely bear market for sure. Okay. Tell me about it. Tell me about your introduction. Here's the, here's the real question, David. This is what we should start saying on the podcast. Mm -hmm. How did Bitcoin find you? Um, it was a plastic surgeon talking to my girlfriend at the gym. That was how I found me. This guy was talking to her, talking to her all about, you know, trying to get her into Bitcoin. She was a dancer at the time. And uh, I was like, man, that guy talked to you for an hour. What did he talk to you about? And she was something about Cardano or Bitcoin. I don't really know. And it just <laughs> spiked my interest. It's one of those things you hear. And it's like, man, that really resonates with me. I should probably look into that. So from there, it was just... So because he was a plastic surgeon, and you're like, ah, he's got to know something, right? Well, I just think you'd never take advice from somebody that you went to switch places with. If you're a plastic surgeon, you're a successful person, you chose a good occupation, right. and you're credible. So I would never take advice from somebody I wouldn't switch places with. So Interesting. Yes, uh, interesting. I mean, yeah, it's the, the Bible says, and a child shall lead them, Isaiah 11, right? I just, I just, I really learned something, right? You only take advice from someone you would trade places with. Absolutely, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Right, right. So, so not the guys who are actually handing out the brochures down there by the MGM about how to get nude girls to your room. Negative. No one telling you to buy hype <laughs> coins right now would not take advice from. <laughs> yeah, well, that I heard in Las Vegas that two things are now frowned upon: prostitution and gratuities and tips. I've heard that that that's no longer acceptable. That's a joke. I'm I kidding. was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this place is built in gratuity and prostitution. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about you, and we can. I, I mean, <clears throat> so. So where'd you grow up? Uh, West by God, Virginia. Born and raised in pretty much a little farm. You know, had three jobs at 14. Uh, went to the military at 19. Yeah. Yeah. So, Do, doing what? Uh, on the farm. It was a Christmas tree farm. Go back. No, go back. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have some freedom in the chair. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it says, uh, born and raised on a farm is a, a Christmas tree farm, crazy enough. And we sowed cattle and hay and stuff. But uh, yeah, all summer long, we'd be going down those lanes of Christmas trees, cutting grass and shearing them in the summer so and i worked at dairy queen and i also worked at a boat dog so wait you worked at dairy queen yes sir you, can you get me a job there i could probably get you a double double or whatever <laughs> <they have there. laughs> right no and so uh you know when i was 14 i very much wanted to work <clears throat> because of some humble beginnings what about you did you actually start working at a young age david i worked <clears throat> uh, my first job was when i was 13 i was refereeing soccer games on saturdays i'd get up seven o'clock work from eight to four I was making about 13 bucks an hour. I was refereeing four or five-year-olds. And you were how old? 13. Wow. Yeah, so let me tell you about soccer referees. Do you know that in South America, they literally have moats and barbed wire around the net, around the entire stadium, so the losing fans don't kill the referees, right? So basically, uh, I think that's probably one of the most dangerous jobs you could have at 14, because right? those parents are incorrigible. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. My kid doesn't foul. He does no wrong. Right. right. Okay. So, yeah, but be, being our heights now, we were pretty tall back then. We're taller than most parents. I wouldn't know. 
And just for, <laughs> for, the, for the audience, yeah, my, my co-host Dave Hampton is 6'6", six, six, and Xander is six six and a quarter. We're we going to make sure that he doesn't... No, no, we're equal, brother. I don't, I don't do one-ups. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just... I, I'm, I'm the new 5'8 at 6'2". 6'2 is today's 5'8", right? I need lifts in my shoes. <laughs> Anyhow, um, okay. And uh, so... I'm guessing there wasn't a lot of opportunity, and the recruiter came to see you at high school? Uh, actually, so what it was, I went to, in West Virginia, you know, that's a school where you just go to the coal mines, or you might go to West Virginia University and get some useless degree and do whatever. You're coming right back to the summer school. That's just the way everyone does. Just, you mean you're just coming back right to the town? Right, exactly. You go get all this high college debt, and you just come right back home. I've never really seen anybody that went to college that was successful in the town that I'm from. So, How, how big was your town? I graduated with not very many people, which is a handful. No, but you know, like the population of the entire town. I have no idea. It's so small. There's one red light, one main street. So yeah, so that's not a town. That's a tribe. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little village. (laughs) Okay. Blink and you miss it. All right. But um, (laughs) what was the question? Yeah. No, about. Well, I I actually went into the army for kind of the same reason. Oh, okay, okay. I just I didn't know what to do next. Well, mine wasn't that I didn't know what to do. It was just that I was a bullshitter in school, and the teacher was like, all right, you got to do this, 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 and I was like, I'm not going to college. I'm just going to go uh, go to the military. It was just an excuse. I was a little punk. So she was like, all right, just sit in the back of my class. I'll pass you the next semester with a, a D plus or D minus or whatever. So then two years after I graduated, the same teachers that I told I'm just going to go to uh, the military after school, they caught me at Lowe's. I was loading mulch in the back of their vehicle. Like, you know, Xander, I'm pretty sure you know a couple years ago you told me you're going to the military, you're not going to work at Lowe's. I think any man that told me he was going to the military would go to the military. What do you think? It's it's that they were ribbing you, or that they cared about you? Oh, and they for thought sure. That that was the best thing for you. Yeah, it was like a tough love. Like you know, you told me you're going to do this because you're an <laughs> yeah. Im- yeah. immature child, word, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a real man would stand up to his word and do what he said. So I was like, oh, yes, ma'am. I'm gonna go talk to the recruiter tomorrow. And uh, how long after you went to see the recruiter did you go? Uh, so I was paralyzed in high school from the waist down after a snowboarding accident. So I had a traumatic brain injury and a couple like nerve damage things going on. So I had to go through a long, strenuous process, like a year long, to get able to get approved to go into the military. So. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, by looking at you right now, I would have known that that, yeah, if you just said the guy was paralyzed in high school, I would say, yeah, not the, the <clears throat> dude I just met today. Yeah, when I joined the military, I was 156 pounds and 6'3". Now I'm 6'6", 235. And how old were you when you went in? Uh, 19. That's funny because I went in 17, oh, nice. and, but I was 6 feet tall. In a size 10 when I went in. And then when I was 21, I was 6'2 in a size 11 and a half. So I, too, had a very late grow, growing spurt. So, oh. yeah, that makes that makes sense. Well, but I would guess maybe your injury would have something to do with the, the slowing, the retardation of the, the, the growth of the bones. Maybe. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, was... I have no idea either. So, <laughs> <clears throat> anyhow. All right. So, so let's talk to the, let's talk about, uh, so you were in the Army for how long? Uh, four and a half years. Four and a half years, and did you get hurt in the army? Yes, I did. I was a dog handler. I was in uh, Korea, and we were doing a mission as if Kim Jong Un was to attack or do some drill. We'd already been running like two miles, and then the alarms went off. Had to do a pressure bandage on your dog, wrap your dog up, throw your dog over your shoulders, then run back to the kennels. It's like another two mile run, and it had rained the night before. So when I was running up the hill, I said, "My dog's weight on my back." And running up, I stepped in a hole. My oh, knee no. was already locked out because the dog's weight was on my back. I wasn't looking down to the ground. As soon as my knee, uh, knee locked up, the dog's weight came down, and my knee bent backwards and tore on meniscus. It was a hypermobile meniscus tear, so it wow. completely ripped off the tendon. And then it had a couple labral tears on my hip just due to the stress all, fracture. All from this this incident? Yes, sir. Wow. So then did, did you recoup in Korea, or did they send you home to Walter Reed? Uh, so they're going to do surgery in Korea, but you can't put a soldier under anesthesia or whatever in Korea, I do believe. So they wouldn't do it over there. And then by the time I got back to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, they're all like... That's home of the 82nd Airborne, for those of you playing the home game. Yeah, airborne all the way. All the way. <laughs> so um, being in Fort Bragg, you know, it's taking knee and hydrate. You're not you're not hurt, soldiers. You know, right. Don't go <clears throat> to sick call. Like, you're just mm-hmm. being... That's for wimps. A choice word, right? right. So... Um, <laughs> After that, I did a year of rehab, and then I was telling him, like, I could take a squat, and my knee would pop, 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 super loud from the meniscus shooting underneath the kneecap, because it was a hypermobile meniscus. It wasn't an actual tear in the uh, tendon. So after about a year, uh, I went to the doctor. I was like, yo, my knee needs surgery. Like, this is ridiculous. It just keeps getting worse and worse. And he's like, well, if I'm a betting man, and I'm not going to bet you because I'm you know, an officer, I bet you that there's nothing wrong with your knee. And if I do surgery on your knee, 
and you wake up and you don't have all you know stitches and everything all over your knee then uh i'm gonna charge you for like lying about an injury you know trying to get out sick or whatever i woke up with like eight staples and whatever on my knee because the guy was wrong so but yeah that military medicine it's like that's where kind of like where they go to learn i just yeah yeah so um did that discharge you yes sir okay and so when you discharged from the army where'd you go uh, so I moved to Florida to pursue modeling, and that was an epic fail. I ended up homeless. So can we talk a little bit more about that? Oh, yes, sir. So um, I moved down there to live with a girl who, she's a psychiatrist and does um, psychology for veterans who have PTSD and stuff. So I was like, oh, that's the perfect opportunity. And then we had a fallout, and she kicked me out like day number two. And instead of going back home to live with my mom and dad, I was like, this is the opportunity that, you know, you hear about, like, like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He had the story of having $7 in his pocket, a very similar story. So <laughs> after a month or two of just showering at the gym and sleeping in my car, just being miserable, I'm 6'6". Six, six. So imagine sleeping in a Hellcat Challenger. <laughs> like, wow. wow. Yeah, so <laughs> it was not comfortable. And how, how long were you homeless? Uh, about two months. I mean... Term homeless, like I didn't have a place to stay. I just slept in my car all the time. I still, I still did have a car, so I'm very grateful to have be better off than most. Dude, that's homeless in my book. Right. How about um, you, David? Yep. Yeah. Well, no home. I just don't want to use the word as being like a sympathy or empathy story that oh he was homeless if he stole a car, but you it know is that's what just, it is, man. Yeah. I and mean, it's just this is true. There's no There's temperature. There's different degrees of, of bottoms, as right. we shall say, right? <clears throat> so I, I just don't, I don't think it's necessary to um, deprecate. Your bottom was any less than the guy in the cardboard box. I mean, I, I, I think most people start homeless. If it's a descent, they start living in their car right, until right. the car gets repoed right. or breaks down. Yeah, the question become, how do you keep paying for your car, right? So yeah. you obviously got out of it two, two months you later. Know, and, so. and about that, right? Mm-hmm. We're, and hold on, everybody. We're coming to crypto. We're, we'll get there. <laughs> but the thing about the, with this last pandemic, and especially, I was thinking in this town, that, that unemployment was probably 90% in this town for a period of time. I'm talking about Las, the city of Las Vegas. I'm not talking about cops, the guys that check the meters and take the trash. I'm talking about anything as far as strip or casino-oriented because the guy that delivers meat, hey, our casino's closed. Dancers, I'm talking croupiers, I'm talking hotel people, maids, just everybody out of work. And so what I've heard in this pandemic, there's a lot of people, what they did is they didn't have any money and they scraped together what they had and they bought an RV, right? But you're one bad piston from being homeless because that thing gets towed, right? Because, I mean, I I know I feel real bad because, you know, where I live in in northern San Diego County, where we live, you can't you can't park an RV. You can't park an RV. They'll tow you. Right. And so it's always this cat and mouse game of, of where you move it. Uh, you know, it's kind of a thing. So, but anyhow, okay, so you're homeless. Yes, sir. And then what? Uh, so I posted some inspirational stuff on Instagram. Some people never give up your dreams. You know, I got like $3, $7 left in my bank account. Um, don't have nowhere to go. Just, you know, never give up. Whenever life says you should give up now, this is where you keep pushing forward. And like, if you've ever seen the memes or the pictures of someone digging a hole looking for gold and they quit one foot before they got to the gold. If you just kept yeah. pushing, you would have got your success. You would have had right. your story that could, you know, inspire others. Yeah, I was I was on a plane with an actor, right? And I, he said, "Yeah." I said, "What do you do?" I've always asked people what they do because I'm a recruiter, right? right? Hey, what do you do? <clears throat> right. And he says, "I'm an actor." And I said, "Really? Which restaurant?" Right? No, actually, that's what I that's what I told my son when he said he. <laughs> if was you're in New York, that's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> when my son told me he wanted to become an actor, I said, "Really? Vigalucci's or Ruth's Chris?" <laughs> and um, so, and I was talking to this actor, and he we had a really really nice conversation. He says, "You know, I'm just thinking about quitting." But you just never know if I'm just going to quit before that miracle happens. I mean, George Clooney literally was on 30, 30 pilots for, for that sitcoms, um, whatever they call oh, Before ER came about. Yeah, before ER. 30. And his mom was a successful actress, right? Wow. And so, <clears throat> and so that's, uh, you know, I guess a coal, a diamond's a piece of coal that sticks to the job. But anyhow, more about you, Xander. So you started, you're doing this inspirational stuff. And, and, and so. Uh, so that's, you know, my image as I become like an influencer or whatever on Instagram, just a normal person. Just... Are we talking about, I'm talking about coming out of homelessness. Did right, you right. Influ- influencer? Did you influence your way out of homelessness? Uh, no, I would say I just have always had a, a goal to have a, a positive impact on everyone around me okay. and not just try to be like the most perfect person who's tall, covered in tattoos. Like I want to relate to everybody. That's how you bring everybody together, you know? 
it's not about being I'm so great and have a great life. It's about we all can have a great life. That's why I love crypto and trying to help other people. But um, yeah, so I posted the inspirational stuff, just trying to have a positive impact, motivate somebody's day. And then Magic Mike slid into my DMs and gave me a job dancing for them. So they were like, hey, we're coming through Tampa actually right now. Do you want to come dance for us? And I was like, oh, I appreciate the opportunity. But what I'm kind of dancing? Let's talk about, I mean, it's for our audience. Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen Magic Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our audience hasn't. Okay. Uh, bachelorette parties, divorce parties, birthday parties, whatever order you come to me first then. So, um, and how, 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 so you're, you're strip, you're male stripper. I used to, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's the Magic Mike thing, right? The yes, male sir. stripper, yeah. Pony, my national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how did you feel about being a male stripper? Oh, I hated it because I'm so big on using my brain and like trying to have a positive impact that it, it always made me super depressed and really affected my mental health of being like, I'm using my body to make money yeah. when I'm so much more than that. Not saying that, you know, everyone has their own perception of how you feel about each thing. Right. Some people want to just use their body to make it. It makes it feel good. Confidence. Yeah. It killed me because I knew like my brain's bigger than any muscle that I have or tattoo or whatever. Yeah. So. You know, it's it, it's just funny because you know we we and thanks for being so vulnerable and authentic in your share. Oh yes, sir. But it's like we have a man talking about using his body because it's, it's just like had to make ends. Yeah. And rarely, when you think about that, you hear think about women, right? right. Women have to women have to prostitute themselves. Not not all women, but there are women who become <laughs> prostitutes, right? Oldest profession in the world, right? And then it, clearly that there's some women they they actually have to be with the wrong guy because they don't believe in themselves right mm -hmm. or, or women that will actually have kids because she was going to raise the kids and then he was going to work then for whatever reason he leaves and that form of support goes right and then then they got to once again they got to just they they got to be something that they're not use their body in a sense right as opposed to using their strength i mean i i, I see that as a real struggle i don't think that's that's something new to this generation or even this country. I think it's, it's a real thing. But here we're talking to you about it. And you, yeah, you, so you, you like, did you strip your way out of your rut? I mean, how, did you uh, save up enough money? Or, or tell me, tell me how long did we do it? And so I did like 90 shows in a row or 100 shows in a row. Every single day you'd wake up, drive five hours in, a bus of six guys. You'd set up for the show. Did that for 90 days straight, 100 days, however long it was, three it's months. It's been exhausting. Oh, yeah, and you're with the same guys every day, and you're just like... You know, you're emotionally getting, I don't, I'm an emotional person, so I emotionally invested every girl that I met on the show, and then you have to talk to 90 girls in a row after each night, you know what I mean? That's a, that's a lot of, right. you know, it drains you for sure, because you're just looking for something that's, like, comfortable, because you're on such a hostile, all this testosterone in a band, busting around all the talk, time. Talk about, so, talk, talk about this in the band, if you don't mind. Do you, you want me to push on, or no, do you want, you want to talk about it? Ask any question, you got to say I'm an open book. Yeah, so, wow, this, <laughs> this is... So, I mean, I just I wanted to talk about crypto, but you're, I find you so fascinating. Well, thank you so I, much. I want to keep, but well, you know, it's like you're not spinning this to be cool. You're really you're just being raw about this, and, oh, yeah, yeah. and I I could see a lot of people you know spinning it another way. So you did this for how long? It was about three months, but it was every single day. So how much did it pay? Well, that was the problem. We started having a lot of fallouts because you know I'm the guy who cannot dance, and because I'm six six, I'm not that. You know, whatever. That's funny because <laughs> David is like the best dancer. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, merengue. Tap, okay. <laughs> Stay tuned after this. I'm gonna dance. Off. <laughs> you know, so um, I was making a lot more money just because I was just such like a goofball, I guess. So then started You're talking about tips. Yeah, and tips because we yeah. do like hot seats. Yeah, you, you, you gotta remember this. Yeah, is a, yeah. This it's is... a different industry. I do apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they could pay me with Bitcoin back then or some Cardano yeah, or something. So, uh, so, so, I'm I'm curious. How did you make money? Did you not make? Money? Oh yeah, I made money. I would probably make like twelve hundred dollars a night. Twelve hundred dollars a $1, night. Twelve hundred dollars a night. Hold on yeah. a second. Twelve hundred dollars a night times ninety. Times ninety. Okay. Right. So like about a hundred thousand dollars, right? So, so dude, we're talking. It's one hundred and eight thousand yeah. dollars in ninety days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? I don't think I'm pity. Stop were, wiping your were, eyes. Were you uh, were you a ten ninety nine contractor, or did, were you actually employed, or did you just take the cash and go? Uh, uh, your mic broke up in here. <laughs> 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 one, two, one, two. That's good. That's good. Okay, now break from our sponsors before the two guys from Six Six fight. All right. Any, anyhow. Um, well, the, so that's a, that's a decent amount of scratch to actually get out of your van. Yes, upsets. sir. Okay, so what then? So uh, we got to Vegas, and by that point, I was just me and my buddy, one of my best friends, Dylan. I was like, bro. I cannot keep doing this little dive bar, huge crowd thing. Like, let's just go to Vegas. Like we're in Laughlin right now. It's about an hour and a half Uber. Let's just go there, sign for a place, and we'll just sleep on the ground until we can get our own stuff. It's like I'm tired of this. With a hundred thousand in your pocket. 
Well, I mean, you spend on stupid stuff, and I didn't have that much by the end of it, but I had a couple protein bottles full of hundreds. So. Oh, okay, yeah. So but you didn't have to sleep on the ground. This is this is a lifestyle choice. You're making this choice. Yeah, right, okay. right, right. So, yeah, because, I mean, my success from crypto is that I always chose to live on a poor budget because if I have all this money, you're just going to waste it. You're going to get on Amazon tired, and then you're just going to buy stupid stuff that doesn't really matter. So from the time you, you move in with the gal, the psychiatrist, right, uh -huh. to the time you're actually sleeping on your – on the ground with a couple of hundreds, uh, energy bottles full of hundreds. Uh -huh. how, how much time are we talking about here? I don't know. It's four months, four or five months. Right. I mean, you have to think, I did make $1,200 on good nights, and that's not every night. So okay. don't do the math of $100,000. Okay. Really, it's, like, it's like a waitress. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I had my good nights and my bad nights. Yeah, well, we also know that money, money come, money go. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not trying to toot my own horn and be like, oh, you know, money come, money go. <laughs> yeah, right. 100%. Well, well, so uh, from there, I was in Vegas, and um, I started working at the club rehab. And then I gave this beautiful girl a little bit of a lap dance in one of the bungalows. So you wait, wait, slow your roll, player. Yeah, okay. You started working <laughs> at the club rehab. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell our audience who are not from Vegas, right? We're not even from Vegas. We just come to Vegas. Yeah, to do what the show. is the club rehab? Yeah, thank you, thank you, my dude. Yeah, I mean, you just let's, come uh, on. So it's like Wet Republic Encore. It actually had a TV show back in the day. Um, what do they do there? What type of club is it? Who goes there for what? Oh, it's a hip hop party for sure. So you know they're popping bottles, throwing champagne, and just, yeah, but it's you're, a party pool but for you're dancing there. No, no, I was a busser. But being that I have an expertise in now being a professional okay, now, lap dancer, and I saw a beautiful girl that I might want to make an extra tip off of. So you, you wait. You're gonna put you're gonna put the trays down. You're gonna put put the dirty dishes down, uh, and you're gonna start. Well, I, I came out, gave them their bottle, their mixers, or whatever, and it was a girls' bachelorette party. My profession, my specialty. I was like, wow, you're gorgeous. She goes, I'll stop it. And I came back and it was playing Pony, luckily. And I this just, is the bachelorette of the bachelorette party that you did? I don't thing? remember. Wait, okay. this is okay. <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay. This is okay with management that no. the wait staff just dropped? I know where the cameras go. <laughs> okay, so, so it's just the hustle. It's yeah, just, it, you was just, just, a, it was just a cute little yeah, thing. Yeah, I didn't get butt naked. And, and, just, and, <laughs> and you're talking about you're an emotional person and you just, you just felt that. I, I don't, you don't strike me as the kind of guy that's really ever cared if you get fired. You're kind of like, you're. You're one of those birds that just can't be caged. I, 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 am I correct? Yeah, I mean, if you ain't savage, you're average. So I don't know. I don't say that's just an expression. But um, yeah, no, I just don't care. I mean, there's, I'm going to live my life how I want to live my life. And if it offends you, like I said in the last one, you're not going to get cancer because I offended you. If, it does, if you don't like my, yeah. what do I do? Then that's just Yeah, that's I have a word for that. It's called being unapologetic. Yeah, but I would never do something but, 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 but based on, on, on all these tattoos on your body, it's like you, you just, you, you, Beat your own drum, you break your own drum, and you get a new drum. Yes, sir. And that's 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 just that's how you occur on planet Earth. Can we stipulate yes, that? I mean, the tattoos are just a psychological deterrence. People don't mess with me and mess with the girl that I'm with. So, well, I'm a big teddy bear. That, <laughs> I'm not saying that t tattoos make you a certain thing. I'm just you. You've made this decision, right? And this is how it's this this is how this is who I am, and this is who I'm not. And right. and and I I don't think you blur the lines. Um, I like to have all the tattoos because it's I love to like express. You can't judge a book by its cover. You see a you guy. Like the, the the juxtaposition of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I can appreciate that. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So I mean, David, to to his credit, he actually has a, a master's degree in forensic psychology. Oh wow, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So I mean, and and as as re, as recruiters together, he's got valuable insight. What do tattoos actually say? I mean, did you study like people get tattoos, et cetera, et cetera? I mean, no, I mean not necessarily. I mean, I think I think you can ask. I bet you every single one of those tattoos has a story behind them, though. Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> all right, way off on that one then. Well, then what are we getting today? He's like, let's do Buddha. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I got a girl tied up right here. It's just yeah. <laughs> There's no okay. meaning to so it. So it, it was art because I'm young. I want to get it filled in as quick as possible. So 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 you're you're working at this club rehab. How long ago? Um, four years, three years ago. Okay, so I I, I want to get to your story, but I don't want to leave out the crypto, right? Right, right. So we, have we gotten to crypto yet? No. So, okay. Um. Yeah. So so let's let's talk. What's the, what's the next thing that actually happens? So after I met that girl, she had a plug to the owner of uh, Gigolos, the TV show on Showtime, I believe. Yep. Right. So um, she connected me with him just because I was such a nice guy, you know. Have the um physical look but also like i'm genuine enough to be like treat women how they should be treated you know not like they're objects more like they're people and you know you think of like a gigolo and that's someone that you would just hire for one thing but it, most of the time people would hire me with the expression of that but you're paying for a companion someone who's going to treat a woman how they should be treated and look at you like you're more than just an object or walking piece of meat that's why i relate so much with women because i feel the same like 
value in life. You've been on the other side. Right, yeah. absolutely. So that's why I always have a lot more girlfriends than guy friends because I just relate a lot more with girls. If I may, Let's hear have you been paid to be a gigolo? For a companion, a, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so so we 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 so we're gonna call a gigolo. I mean, I'm not being facetious here. Uh-huh. We're gonna call a gigolo a male escort. I would call it a life coach. But I mean, everyone does their job. Differently. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not going one way or the other on but it. But yes. Just, so so, but basically, you're paid. But you, you know, you're you're brokered by an agent. Yes. Okay. And well, actually, your your own. Entity, I guess. Okay, so what services do you provide as a gigolo? I mean, you call it life coach. Let's hear about the, the life coaching services. Well, once I offered. Yeah, just yeah. A time and companion. I mean. Okay, what's that mean? Take me out to a dinner. You're paying for my time. Okay, uh, what else? What about after dinner? Uh, we can talk and hang out. And okay, Netflix, Netflix, and chill. I see what you're getting to. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I want mean, to. Everything is consensual under your own. I, I get it. Decisions. But what I'm saying but, to you've been paid for this role more than once. Yes. When I was a kid, five hundred times. When I was a kid, you, I would. I mean, you I, wanted to do this. Yeah, <laughs> but the problem is, I lacked the looks, right, and the game and the stroke. You know, I mean, it's what you're talking about. And you know, once you actually do a job, sometimes it just doesn't have what it is. Uh-huh. But I, I, I mean, it's. <laughs> hey, I want to be a gigolo, and you did it. You know, you did it without even thinking you wanted to do it. You just, I don't think he wanted to do it. He, no, just, he walked into no, it. We, we understand. I mean, and I've got a story of my life that I was really successful at. I was making a lot of money. And I mean, nothing like on this level, as you can see by my looks, there's no chance, right? Um, I mean, my only client would be my wife, right? right. <laughs> um, but I walked away from it because uh, how I ultimately felt about me. Right. right, and and I and I think there was like uh, an epiphany that came for you from that lifestyle too. Am I correct? Yeah, I hate it. I was super depressed and uh, developed a little bit of a drug problem just because I was so miserable and just wanted to be numb to you know what I was doing because it was like I was doing it for a purpose and I was, I was making such fast money that I, later I could invest into myself and it would pay off. What kind of drugs? Uh, cocaine for sure, ketamine, anything. I mean, I'd mix every drug you could. I've never done hard drugs like heroin or meth or anything like that. Not but like the part, oh, so, party so environment. Co- co- so co- cocaine oh, isn't okay. a hard, I, yeah, so cocaine's I, not a hard I, drug. I, I, well, no, I, 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 don't, I, so. I don't ask that facetiously. No, no. I don't know. For, you, for this guy, this guy probably eats nails, right? He eats nails and chain, chain link. Right? Look at him. No, uh, I smell roses and eat teddy bears. <laughs> so, so um, you had a drug problem. Yes, sir. Right? And so. That's uh, where crypto comes into play. Okay. So, so just let me ask you this. So how long, how long did, 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 did drugs actually cause an affliction for you? Um, since the day I moved to Vegas. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because I started my, one of my New Year's uh, resolutions were like, you're not going to party, you're not going to drink, you're straight as completely stay on which, task. Which New Year's resolution was this? The what? first year that I moved to Vegas. No, no, give us a year. What year was that? Uh, 2019. Okay. Okay. Well, so basically, yeah. 2018. Yeah. So we're, we're getting, we're two and a half years. Of, okay. So we're getting close now. Okay. Uh-huh. 2019. Okay. And you decided... It, I mean, was it like Boogie Nights type kind of drug use or was it... I mean, I do an eight ball a day. Which is three and a half grams every day of cocaine. Yeah, so uh, that's For that, that's that's a prohibitive amount of usage for someone who needs to function in anything. Yeah, that's why I've had four heart attacks. I'm 27. So, are you sober now? I mean, I still party here and there, but it's not like it's not something I would do because I'm miserable in life. If you go out with your friends, you okay, have, but at the club, pop, you know, not so, so, so you, drugs like that. But I'm just saying. So like, you're not afflicted in the way you were, right? I, w- I don't think I was ever addicted to a drug. I just did it to feel not so miserable. You okay, because I mean? so, some people do it and they're like they have okay, to have it. And so, what do you think that thing was that made you feel so miserable? That I was using because I come from a very Christian background. You know, my mom's super Christian, and all the time you tell me I'm praying for you. You know, this and the third. So like to come from that kind of environment to like doing this is like I was just never raised that my body should make me money like it makes me feel so much less so, if I tell you that I'm in a that I was a gigolo most people automatically think less than you so what I'm hearing you say and, and, and I have some straight line identity to this uh-huh. right I mean I, I I've, I've had my battles with with substances my time I, I, I've been sober a long time mm-hmm. right so that, so when you're talking to me about all the things you're talking about like how much an eight ball is all that guys I know <laughs> okay and I mean but I, I'm light years past that. And what I'm hearing you say is, is that your drug use was shame-based, mm-hmm. 100% shame-based. As, as much as adoration I was having just for the, 
the idea of, wow, the guy gets to be a gigolo. I mean, and I, I really don't mean to say that in such a way like, hey, that's really a cool thing because, of course, it's not. Right. right? Because, I mean, when you get down to causes and conditions, like, hey, kids, this is what daddy, did. you know, there, there, there's mm -hmm. some issues that you have to work out. So do you feel like <clears throat> that part of your life has been undemonized? Is that a word? What's the word we're going to have, have you Have you come to terms with that? I'm very grateful for it because if I wouldn't have went through that, I would not be where I'm at today. So, I mean, okay. every, everyone has a, can have a, a crappy past. But, well, you know, those moments that broke you are the ones that made you. So if I would have never, like, been paralyzed in high school, I would have still been a <clears throat> douchebag today. If I would have never started doing drugs and had a miserable couple past years of just being in my own head and being depressed, I'd never be able to be as grateful as what I am for today. That I, pretty much, I got into crypto because I bought my sobriety. Instead of buying an eight-ball cocaine each night, I would... Put it into the protein we're, bottle and buy crypto. We're going to come what, to that what, in a second. So what, what was the turning point for you to say, you know what, I'm not doing this to, to feel numb or to, what was your, what was the, there's a there's a turning point. I mean, David always says that it's a, you get to the bottom and it's. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry, David. That's what I wanted to say. I said, I'm most grateful today for my bottom. Mm -hmm. my, I mean, as, as miserable as it was then and there was no way out. And I was really like looking looking for a gun and a bullet, right? Right? And the problem with killing suicide, do you ever have suicidal thoughts? I would never say that I was suicidal. Well, I did. I just think, yeah, well, yeah. I did. Right? And the problem with suicide when someone's afflicted with a narcotic or a substance is you're killing the wrong guy. Uh -huh. You're not committing suicide. You're committing homicide because you're going to kill a guy. That you're killing the wrong guy because the, the, the man I'm speaking to now probably isn't the man from then. Right. Correct. <clears throat> so, like you, I'm grateful for my bottom, and I, I really, I want, I, you know, there's a lot of things that we can relate to one another's. Yes, other sir. Than I'm not gorgeous in six two. Stop, stop. Six <laughs> six. <laughs> Don't take me my extra. Yeah, no, I mean, no, you know, come on now. No, no, no. You guys are come gonna on. be fun. You're gonna be six two like me. Uh, oh, yeah. So anyhow, so yeah, is this the part of the show where we get to crypto? Yes, sir. Oh. It was. Uh, so that's where I had in mind. So you had no money, right? You, I mean, you had no like no real. Real life-changing cha life money. Well, I mean, if I, someone hired me for four hours, it's $1,200 just to go there. Okay, so like, but, but... I've never been a money person, so like, I just take all that money and I just put it into protein bottles, protein bottles, protein okay, bottles. Okay, right? I understand. Right. Right. So then... Uh, so money's always been like a utility for you as yeah, opposed right. to a goal or, or, or a, a fungible way of counting on where you are on the scoreboard. Right. And but once I started to make that money, I started to spend it stupidly, you know, because you're either buying things you shouldn't have. I had three cars at one point that I couldn't afford. My car payments each month were like $6,000. And then I was. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. One car? Three. Three. Oh, so you're paying $2,000 a month for each car? Yeah, about. So with insurance oh. and everything, I had a Hellcat uh, six speed and then an Escalade and then um, my truck. So, yeah. Was, I, I've always imagined people who have cars, like I've got one car. And I know all the stuff that's in my car. And I think of people who have three cars. Well, today I'm driving the Porsche. Today I'm driving the truck. Today, it's like, well, what about your charger this? And where do you keep your sunglasses? And all that other kind of stuff. How, anyhow, okay. We, Good tax write-offs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so continue, please. Uh, where's that? What was the part that I left Three off? cars, three cars. Oh, yeah, three cars. So, um, and there's a, a meme that I love. It's a guy on the front of a yacht, and he's holding money, and I think two bags of money, and he has a mind mask going where he's smiling super big, but then it's pulled out, and behind it, he's crying. He's miserable because he's flexing so hard to be a public success, but he's really a private failure because he doesn't have this money to waste and blow on people, but he wants to feel special that I am. Like Dan Bazirian, perfect example. The guy flexed super hard. It kind of came, came back to kick him in the ass because he was... Yeah. Yeah. So I had like $140,000 in debt there for a while. And now I'm debt free. No, and but, but uh, I, what I wanted here is, is, is how you, how crypto oh, found yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we were at. Yeah. So, um, crypto, uh, so the, uh, plastic surgeon, he told the girl that I was seeing, um, about it kind of stuck in my head a little bit. And then I went to go get Botox and fillers from him. Told him my story. By the way, they look great. Oh, thank you. I, the first thing I noticed about you when I saw you was that that dude's got some wicked sick Botox. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's got nothing to do with his youth, right? <laughs> no, I, I really do have a lot of wrinkles. So. Get the fuck out. <laughs> For sure. Five years of drug use, come on. <laughs> but anyways, um, so how did crypto find me? This guy, I told him um, told him my story. And he's like, man, why don't you just put your money into something that's not going to kill you, but what's going like, to grow you a future, not only for yourself, but for generations ahead of you. You know, I know this thing. Uh, one of my friends is one of the... Um, what year? This is important. What year and month, if you remember? 2000. I think my first Bitcoin purchase was 2019 or 
Yeah, it was like yeah, it had to be 2019 before. Yeah, I bought it at $3,200, so every time frame that means. Okay. Yeah, so $3,200 is all of the crash of 2018 January all the way to the run-up of uh, 2020. Yeah, I get it. So, okay, and so what did he tell me? Tell us about the dialogue with this at this juncture right here. Uh, so the guy's from Brazil. He's foreign, and he was telling me he was so passionate about it. You know, Americans, we can, a lot, we're not very, I don't think very many Americans are very passionate people unless you really believe in something. Most of the time you hear something, you're just like, oh, this is what it is. Since he was foreign, he had so much passion. I wasn't used to that. I was like, wow, man, I really believe in this. Like, perfect sales pitch, perfect car salesman. You just sold me. And um, he was just trying to, like, you know, tell me how to save my life because I was kind of just killing myself doing all those. Now, was he trying to sell you Bitcoin? Um, no. So basically, nobody sells it in Bitcoin because nobody gets any benefit from selling it, right? I, <clears throat> I evangelize Bitcoin because I believe it's the future of sound money, right? Uh-huh. So see, see, all the, it, it, whenever anybody talks about bad money, I show them this. Go ahead, read that. Read that, Xander. See what that is? What is that? I can't even read that. It's a $100 trillion bill from the Bank of Zimbabwe. It buys three eggs. Three eggs? It buys three eggs, right, because what we're happening is with all the money printing happening. But anyway, I'm digressing. I want to hear <laughs> I want to hear what the surgeon told you about crypto. Uh, she's just talking about Cardano. Um, it was in the very beginning of it. You know, of course, there's a lot of people who's against Charles Hawkinson's because of the Ethereum. But. So this show, I, we don't care about who are for or against. We talk, uh-huh. we talk from our guests' experience. Oh, yeah. That's so, all that matters. So um, he was just telling me like, what it was. And, and by the way, Charles but, Hawkins is very sound. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and Cardano, I spoke about this last week on the podcast. I said that, that the uh, country of Ethiopia just did a big blockchain thing for the, all the all the school systems that they're actually going to keep all the students records because there's huge fraud yeah he's in the 10th grade he's straight a's from the from the school in the vid, village 900 miles from here oh what's his name no we don't have that record but we're gonna you say straight a's you got it oh, so okay. now on blockchain right because cardano is a smart contract like ethereum unlike bitchain uh, bitcoin which is a proof of proof of work right so basically cardano has signed the largest contract with the country in Africa, so... Oh, I, I love the guy. I think he's so yeah. passionate. He believes it's his baby. You know, I've never doubted the guy just watching his videos, you know. So so the, the Brazilian comes to you two years ago, and I'm going to tell you, the price of Cardano pra- back then was what? Three three coins for a penny? Uh, it was three cents when I got into it. Wow, you got ripped off, man. You got in way late. <laughs> so basically, you got Cardano for three cents. Yeah, from three to five. Yeah. Three, three to five cents. Did you make one buy or did you dollar cost um, average? Over, over time, I would invest into it. Every time you know, like I was saying that I wanted to mess up and make a mistake, I'd just put money there to go to Walmart, get a money order, deposit it, buy a Bitcoin, send it to Binance, switch it over. Yeah, so for those of you who actually are, are, are listening in the audience, right? Cardano right now is, you know, right now we're in spring of uh, 2021 and Cardano's, you know, it had a fall back to dollar uh, twelve, but it's been as high as a dollar, a dollar eighty. It's between dollar seventy and dollar eighty right now, right? And so, so basically, if you just do a little math here, so uh, Xander, at three cents, right, you've sixty xed. Yeah, yeah I had one point eight million coins. Yeah, so that's pretty good, right? It's so a good day in the office. Yeah, it's, it's good Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Okay, so now, now you've got you know, and for those of you playing the whole home game, that's about three and a half million bucks. Yes, sir. Right? I mean, I lost a million dollars this week, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Since the last podcast I did, I was talking it up, and then this week we've had a little bit of a. Were you trading? Yes, sir. Yeah. I switched to a different one. I don't. Have, I don't have one Cardano right now. So you've lost it all. No, I sold it all. I traded into different things. Oh, okay. So, do you mind talking about what you have? Yeah, I have MHC. That's my main main holding. I, I, don't, I don't know it. We don't know what it is. Uh, it's, so, it's meta hash. Meta means oh, more. Okay. I, now I've heard about it. But okay. So, meta hash, it has its own decentralized search engine, just like Google, Chrome, Safari. Kind of, kind of like, a comp, like with the Brave browser and the, uh, mm-hmm. is it the Wave? Uh, Waze? No, wait, what's that? I'm sorry. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's brave. I know brave. The bat. Brat. It's the brave browser. Brave. Right? Uh-huh. And they get the bat token. So every time I look at somebody's commercial or somebody's ad, yeah, you get- I get rewarded with bats. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, oh, now I'm teaching you something. That's good. Interesting. Yeah. yeah so I, is it the same kind of concept? Uh, so it runs off of hashtags. It's at .com.org. Um, and of course, you use MetaHash as yeah, the yeah. currency on there. But, uh, you know, the modern day, especially with 
way social media is going, how do you, you search people with hashtags? You know, hashtag fitness, hashtag whatever. Gender.fit. Exactly. So if you were to get on Metagate, which is the browser, you go and download it. Um, you search hashtag fits or hashtag fitness, it takes you to my Instagram. So it's just an easy, those are the domain names now. And then you can complete a transaction. Like uh, a guy sent me $1.3 million the other day and I got it in three seconds to complete the transaction from the moment he hit send to the moment I got it. If you did that Bitcoin, you'd wait two hours, yeah. three so, hours. Uh, I'm just going to stop. So for our audience, right, what, what Xander's talking about <clears throat> is that the banks, right, the centralized banks in their rent-seeking ways, right, they're, they're, they're centralized and they control all the money of the world and they want to know what you're doing it for and why you're doing it. It's like, you know, we've, we've got this law that you say to the bank teller, Right. I mean, literally, when you take more than $10,000 in cash, $10,000 in cash is no longer a lot of money, right? And I've had to move that type of cash. The bank teller says, can I ask what it's for? And I've always said, strippers no. and cocaine. No. No, I, I, always, I always say that. It's like, write it down. Write it down. Like, I, I'm going to go buy a car. That's why I need the cash. I mean, I, I, I literally, I, I say something outrageous and egregious because the truth of the matter is, it's like, why it's do none you, of their business? Though. Yeah, right. And this, and th- but this is the part of, of the nanny state that we actually live in, the nanny state that says, hey, we can just print, 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 print. And so what Xander's talking about is he sent it in three seconds. And that's the beauty of blockchain. <clears throat> and there's this big argument, well, Bitcoin's too slow, et cetera, et cetera. You know, all these things will be worked out. Kind of like how the internet and dial-up used to be slow in 1995, right? You have to plug. I can't talk on the phone now because I'm on the internet, right? right? Remember that? <laughs> yeah. You were four, right. so you don't. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm saying, I remember playing Halo Three during that. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that that happened, and now we're looking at like, what broadband, mobile fiber, broadband. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. We, we got five G, and then we're kind of looking at six G. But what I'm saying is, he sent it in five seconds over over a respective blockchain because there was no centralized thing and the truth of the matter is is the banks they don't they could send it just as fast but they got to stop yeah. verify Hold it for the get 10 their days money. yeah right. blah blah and blah and so Xander if if the government wanted to actually take your money take take your crypto coins what money right no but <laughs> but if if the government wanted to seize any type of crypto holdings you do what could they do it's not yours. It's not U.S. dollars, so you can't touch it. And technically, I don't have a dollar of U.S. dollars. Correct. So Correct. Yeah. What I'm, I'm what, poor I'm, and homeless. I'm, I'm, well, I, I don't know about any of that, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is that the point is, you know, because we're trying to educate our listeners uh-huh. to blockchain, etc. We're trying to say they can't. Right. Right. They Absolutely. they, they, they can't turn your blockchain off. They they can't turn the card down off. They can't turn Bitcoin off. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're not taxable transactions either. So. So uh, anyhow. <clears throat> As far as jobs, so so cryptocurrency changed your life. Yes, sir. Even though you lost a million dollars yesterday. Yeah, but I mean, my emotions aren't attached, so it's just part of the game. So, no, I, I, having played poker, I understand that. Well, actually, what it is is these new hype coins, they got me big time because I sent 500 grand to buy these coins and their tokenomics I did not study before I got into it. And I only got back two hundred some thousand dollars after their fees burnt the coins, sent it out to the community. Okay, that's that's way. But basically, for our audience, but, uh, he yeah, sent five hundred thousand. He got two hundred thousand back. So anything who knows anybody who knows anything about math or actually has their money in a bank account, he lost sixty percent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. On, on some hype. <laughs> yeah. So that's. Um, but but yeah. So but but you you're still in a good way. You 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 still have. Uh, you know, life-changing money yes, for a kid your age, right? Yes, so uh, what we do here at, at Blockchain Recruiters is we, we recruit in the blockchain space, right? So mm-hmm. we, we have positions in blockchain with different types of projects. We never tell who our clients are. We never tell who our candidates are. It's always confidential. We always sign NDAs. So how do you see blockchain? Because blockchain and, and crypto, how do you see it changing the job market? The job market? Well, I think everything right now is very, like, bias different opinions i think with crypto it kind of gives people more freedom to kind of do things their way and with, as far as like you know elon musk doing uh accepting bitcoin now i think it's really yeah it's gonna be an amazing future well you know who else is gonna accept bitcoin everybody ebay oh really yeah ebay is about to sell, and also bank of america and visa are accepting bitcoin they're, they're, wow. you're gonna be able to settle trans- transactions and for those of you who say that bitcoin is too slow right there's this thing called the lightning network right where they can do i think Thousands of transactions a second. And I, I got it for the next podcast. I'll quote that correctly, but it's thousands. So I think, I think Visa 
and American Express, they can actually process 26,000 transactions per second. That, that's how fast their network is. Meta so is 50,000. Right. So you understand what I'm saying. So basically, we've got these blockchains, and you can, you can put layers of blockchains on top of blockchains, et cetera, et cetera. And so these are the things that Xander's talking about. So what, he, what he, he's talking about is, is, that, is that crypto is freedom. It, tell me how, how, how crypto is, is changing lives. Since you really can't talk about, since you're, since you're like a, a nonconformist of sorts, right, and you're not really in the job market, how how is how is crypto changing lives? What's well, the big thing that I do personally is I try to post as much as I can on my Instagram so I can try to help as many people because everybody wants to have a come up. Everyone wants financial freedom. Everybody wants to take care of their family. I think real success is when we pay it for to other people and help them change their lives for them and their families as well. So I've been, yeah, I want to talk about that because you said that you want to be a positive influence. The modern day Jesus. Okay, those are big shoes, but no, I'm not being like I'm not saying I'm that good, but I want to like help a lot of people. That's what I want to say. What I'm trying to okay. say. Okay, so so and if someone needed, so what type of philanthropy or help are you trying to offer? I mean, any I don't know. I just really want to offer people the advice to take risk. You know, it, Elon Musk just came up with Doge and said, "Don't take risks. Don't put your." Well, he didn't come up with it, so we're clear. Oh, I I know that. Right, yeah. I know there's technicalities and scripts now, behind. Oh, it, you th- you, you think he's you think he's the author of it? I don't really know where he lies with that problem. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, well, I, I thought you were insinuating that he's like pseudonymously the guy that created Doge. I thought oh, no, was, no, no, no. Okay. No, okay. No. So I misunderstood. Go on. That's what the Saturday Night Live thing. But, um, uh, what question? No, I just, I, so how is, blo- so you, how, how do you want to help? Oh, I don't want to help people. I just think the more information you can offer people for free, the more willing they're able to listen to your information because everyone wants, here's my referral codes so I can make your 20%. I want to offer people information for free, the knowledge that I know that changed my life. I just want to pay it forward and give it back to people to say, hey, if, if you buy this coin at three cents, you could lose three cents or you could gain a dollar. So why not? Well, yeah. So what Alexander's talking about, he's talking about asymmetric returns, right? right. And, that, and, and we're at a precipice in our life, right? I mean, the history of the planet, like, like never, ever, I'm not going to say never, ever going to be again, but that never has been. You know, when I, I when I came in, and I looked at the stock market. I said, "Wait, I have to buy three hundred dollars for a stock, and I could lose it all. But I could maybe, like, at the end of the year, go from three hundred to three hundred thirty and get ten percent return, right?" And now we're talking. Xander just told you himself he he made sixty times on his money. I know, I know, uh, I know. Cardano, right, has has gone up just in the last year. It's ten x. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about Cardano, and for for our audience, I know that. Uh, some of these folks don't don't know that, but but Cardano is a competitor for Ethereum, mm-hmm. right? Smart contracts, and that and, and I I actually believe that in ten years from now there's only going to be five cryptocurrencies that went out. I don't believe there'll be that many. But then again, I'll see you in ten years and we'll see if I was right or not. But anyhow, I um, so I know that uh, you you've got an incredible profile. On Instagram, right? Yes, sir. Thank you, you. Yeah, no, you. I mean, everybody who I've shown your picture to, they go, "Wow, w- look at that beast of a body." So, do you like? Is there a ritual of maintaining that? Yeah, six Tostinos pizzas and some <laughs> trend. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no gym stuff. Oh yeah, I go to the gym once in a while. Once in a while? Yeah, I mean, I used to go. At, so this is before crypto. I was, you know, being before what? Before crypto. Oh, before crypto. Yeah. Right. I was, uh, you know, doing the Instagram game, the thirst traps, and Snapchats, this, that, and the third. You know, I was using my body to make the money. But now that I, you know, made it, now I'm kind of at a point to where, like, now I can see what I, what else I actually enjoy in life. Before it was just the gym. I still do enjoy the gym. I'm trying to get back into it now, but you're just not as motivated. Whenever. So you if I, work for it. so if someone was to call you and say, "Hey, man, I, w- I, I want to not have fallen into some of the pitfalls that you've fallen," what, what's your advice to me? You said you want to offer help and your experience. Can you can you share that with me? Yeah, buy MHC, stake it down, thirty percent rewards every day. They're, okay, life changing advice. All right, so basically, <laughs> this channel we're not financial advice. That's just financial opinion. It's right? life changing advice. That's what that is. It's life changing. Not financial. Uh, I, I tend to believe you, right? But uh-huh. I just, I just don't want to get sued. <laughs> no, yeah, you know. So next thing you know is I'm being subpoenaed or uh, I'm, I'm being served. So anyhow, uh, Xander, is there anything else uh, you'd like to share with us? Um, yeah, never give up on your dreams and keep taking risks. That's David. You, anything you got for? I can I can appreciate that. Xander Neff, hold on a second. We go, we always talk about some of the cl- candidates we have. Uh-huh. Right? Or, uh huh. Right. What that that kid Sean, that that full stack developer you got? 
Uh, hold on. All right, he's going to get his glasses. So let me tell you, uh, I got a systems uh, crypto engineer, all right? This kid is good, all right? And I also, um, I've got an institutional sales manager, all right? And I've got a trading engineer. And I also recruited the other day a group product manager for a big crypto exchange, all right? And I also, I have a search for a compliance officer. So if anybody you out there, your auditors or your... Um, it's, this job's in New York, and I, I, I just so, so desperately want to actually uh, tell, it, tell the audience who it is, right? I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you. We can't. Oh, nice. <laughs> can't tell. It's confidential, <laughs> right? And so what? Yeah, I got, I got a couple searches for uh, blockchain developers in several locations, or Texas, New York. Uh-huh. Uh, senior full-stack engineer. Uh, block blockchain data engineer, that's in Virginia, Tyson's Virginia. Yep. Uh, you know. Yeah, and, uh, and did you write that? Did you get that search for the senior level uh, node person? Because th they can work anywhere. Did you write that search? Uh, I I believe so. Yeah. Okay, well, we're gonna get that search. So, yeah, if you're if you're a, a node engineer or you know anything about nodes, you want to come on, right? And um, so anyhow, I. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a, that's a better right now. So basically, hey, if you uh, uh, are in the blockchain space or have a have a skill that you think is transferable, can you actually reach out to me? So I'm I'm David J at blockchainrecruiters.net. All right, so that's where you send your resume. If you are uh, some type of blockchain, Bitcoin, crypto entity, and you've got a new project and you need talent anywhere in the world, right? You reach out to me and let me know what you need and we'll talk and we, we will scour the earth and we will find the best and the brightest and we'll compel them to come to work for you, right? And if, uh, anybody, if anybody needs any help with their job search, even if it's related to crypto, now don't call me and say, hey, what coin should I buy? I don't give that kind of advice and frankly, I don't know. Neither do I. Yeah. So anyhow, I just, I, it's just not that kind of party. There are hundreds of other podcasts. You could go pay to be on their patron channel, right? And then you can, you can do whatever. Or you can call Xander and he'll send it for, just, he'll take your 500,000 and you'll get back 200. I'm not a financial expert. <laughs> so, 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 but anyhow, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, right? I'm David James. I'm the BTC recruiter on Twitter. Blah, blah, blah. I am the BTC recruiter on Twitter. That's who I am. Go to Twitter, the BTC recruiter, right? And so basically, anything else, David? No, I think that about wraps up. you have anything else you want to say? No. If you want to find me, Xander.fit on Instagram. Appreciate y'all's time and the opportunity to share a little bit of a story. So. Yeah, so uh, my, my co-host, Dave Hampton, the robo-recruiter. I'm David James, the job whisperer.